This is the Journal of a Madman interview edition. Today's guest is the gorgeous Meg Murray. Meg is a makeup artist, influencer, model, and man. During this interview edition, Meg reveals the deep and often dark struggles of parenting whilst living and fighting with postnatal depression. I hope by sharing Meg's untold story, we can connect and inspire others to reach out for help. Remember to like, follow and to subscribe and remember to tell at least one friend about this deep dive into a mama's thoughts, fears and truth. Right, enjoy! Hi Meg. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate your time and energy here today. Absolutely fine. I can't wait. So, um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? So, who you are, Mm -hmm. what's your family dynamic, how many kids do you have, husband, wife, whatever. Mm -hmm. Go for it. So, my name's Meg and I'm 28 next month. I always forget my age. Is that normal? Yeah. I actually, I have a best friend who rings me (laughs) to ask how old she is. Have you ever Googled it? No. I've, I've Googled it. I'm like, what's what's my age? If I put my date of birth in, I'm like, yeah, okay, 27. Well, that's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, 27. I'm, I'm, I'm 27, 28 next month. Um, I have one daughter called Bieber who is 17 months now. Um, I'm also a makeup artist, influencer, and I used to model. Do a little bit still, but not as much anymore. Now I've got the mum tom. Embrace that moment. <laughs> um, are you? Have you got a husband, a partner? Yes. Yeah, so I have a partner who's called Anth. Um, still not engaged, which I do tell him about all the time. Remind him. Well, I do bridal makeup a lot, so every time I come in from a wedding on a Saturday, I'm like that. Yeah, being asked again if I'm married or I'm engaged, and yeah, I'm not. Not yet. So. <laughs> It will yeah, come. it will come, hopefully, hopefully. I think I just need to stop talking about it to him now, so yeah. he does, like, pop the question, but, yeah. So, yeah. I brought you on here today to share your untold story. Mm-hmm. So, something that we have possibly, many of us have been through, but yeah. for some reason there's so many taboos yeah. against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the floor is yours. Go for it. So, something I have spoke about a little bit on, like, my social media platforms, like Instagram and stuff, is um, I suffered quite, well, I'd say quite a hard time with postnatal depression. So, when Bieber was born, so, uh, this is the first thing I want to talk about, I feel like a lot of people think you're going to have this magical moment when the baby comes out and they put them on their chest, and I just had the opposite, like, experience. Um, you got I feel I'm gonna cry already. Um, I was just that exhausted, and like when they put it on my chest, I just didn't even want it on me, and I just it was just the total opposite of what I felt like, what everyone else felt like. Um, like I remember just looking at my phone, and my phone was just blurry because I was just so disorientated, and I just didn't even care about what was going on with her because they like took her off me. Um, Anth went over to her and I just, I just did I wasn't bothered at all and I feel like I must have had it like instantly because of how traumatic my birth was and like 
I think it's so traumatic from the, the, the change from like having a life without a child to then having a child um but yeah I'd, I'd really had time like adjusting to like the whole like mum life and breastfeeding really was really hard for me that's like give me the more sleep dep- like deprivation like she was just constantly on me every hour of the night and obviously your partner can't really help when you're breastfeeding or do like the night feeds because obviously they don't have a boob <laughs> so I had a very similar thing yeah mm-hmm. with that it but it was with Freddie yeah and it was everyone talked about that initial love that yeah. you'd get uh-huh. and that overwhelming feeling yeah that never came for yeah. a long time yeah what came was protection mm-hmm. and I think it was because I'd never experienced that mm-hmm. type of love before yeah. that I didn't know what the hell it was and it mm-hmm. was overwhelming it was scary so it was yeah. all the fear yeah was far outweighing mm-hmm. the love yeah. for him yeah so that feeling of oh my god never uh-huh. came so I think we need to be aware when we say to people you know you'll get this feeling you'll get yeah. that feeling because I don't the amount of people I actually speak to and mm-hmm. that hasn't happened for them mm-hmm. it's like well, why are we telling everybody that, that this it's feeling magical feeling and it's it's actually not it really your, isn't your body is just birthed a human yeah like <laughs> you're drugged up to the death oh and yeah yeah so you just yeah it's just it. the complete opposite of what I was expecting and I think that's what like I want to help other women who are going to be a first time mum like know that it's not always like that so if you do feel like this that is completely normal to feel that way um but yeah I did I just I suffered for such a long time I feel like the first year of Bieber's life was so hard like don't get me wrong it's got it's it's, it has got harder but easier in a lot of other ways um but yeah there was a big point where like my partner works in away in London and he had to like come home a lot and I had to stay out to his mum's house during the week when he was away I had to go to my mum's house while he was away because I couldn't sleep on my own so it was the sleep it wasn't the sleep it was just I couldn't be on my own with her so I just like I got to a point where it's hard to even say this but like I'd just be sitting then I just feel like I, do, I literally didn't want to be here like, at all anymore and I didn't want to have Bieber anymore and I just literally said I remember sitting down with Anthony and just being like I I just want to walk out the door and walk away like from everything now I just I, co- I literally couldn't cope with it and yeah I just it was just so hard to even feel like that like, I never ever understood when people felt suicidal until then and I literally felt like I just I can't do this anymore it was awful absolutely awful so how what was the 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 trigger point how did you turn this around then so I went to the doctors um was this after that that big realization yeah um firstly it was when I was breastfeeding and the health visitors and the um when I went to see people they said oh like do you want to stop and I was like I do want to stop but I felt guilty doing that and I think that is another that's another taboo like people are like oh like you don't why you're not breastfeeding blah, blah blah but I felt awful the fact I was giving up on it I did love it but it was making me mentally unwell and just yeah I was exhausted um and yeah it was after that where I thought right I need to go to the doctors like they put me on antidepressants 
Um, and then I was scared if the antidepressants made me even more tired because I was already tired enough. Um, so yeah, I found like I found a really good antidepressant that because I've been on them before and because I've suffered with anxiety all my life um, and had bad experiences with certain ones. Um, and then I found one that like really worked for me. Really, I'm still on them now. Um, I don't feel like I could like ever go and come off them now, which is not really the best, but. Um, it's just like my comfort blanket now, like knowing that they've helped me, so I feel like I can't like live without them. Um, because I'm just so scared of like getting back to that point again that I was at. Um, but yeah, so I got that, and obviously, um, I went to see um, a specialist about what I was feeling like. Um, paid privately for that because the waiting list was just so long. Was it a therapist? Yeah, like a therapist, um, just to speak about it. Because um, I think it was a lot of, like, obviously the trauma from my birth, like, this whole change in lifestyle. To changing your a, body. Yeah, changing my body, like, adjusting to the fact I wasn't a size six anymore. I was, like, totally different, like, a totally different person. And you always feel like you've lost yourself. Like, you just feel like you're this figure just looking after this little baby, and you just you don't even know who you are anymore. Um, it's just everything. There's just so much to adjust to when you become a new mum. Like it was, no one can ever, ever, ever prepare you for it. I think mm. the the amount of people who say like your life's gonna change, like catch up on the sleep now, like your body's not gonna stay the same. You just like blow over your head, and I wish I did take that in because that is what happens yeah. when you do become a mum. It's crazy how you 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 get to them low moments mm-hmm. and then she smiles yeah and i remember i was having all these feelings and then he smiled for the first time mm-hmm. and i was like maybe it's wind but i'm yeah. taking it yeah. and i was like oh yeah you, like what's that yeah. little feeling mm-hmm. did that ever come for you yeah definitely like obviously when she did like the first things and stuff like a smile and like even if yeah like you're saying if it was wind but you still it just gives you that little bit of oh my god you are like the best thing in the world like and it did take me a while to get to that point with her um because I didn't have that like in like we were saying before I didn't have that instant like love which I feel it still haunts me now that I felt like that but um yeah I think obviously the milestones is what like starts to make you feel like oh my god this is amazing I got like enough I, f- I feel like my love grew for her rather than that instant love it grew mm-hmm. um with her but yeah now she's the best best thing in the world to me so it's a, a daily it's a daily practice that you're yeah, having to go yeah, through uh-huh. yeah definitely um yeah it's just a adjusting to it once you've adjusted to it I feel that's when you can start like loving them like I always remember when because we did have help off our like mums and dad like mine and aunt's mum and dad um and I used to remember them coming around and be like right go upstairs and like have a rest like have a few hours sleep and I just used to sit upstairs and I wouldn't sleep I'd just sit there full of anxiety counting down the minutes to when I have to go down and look after her again and I just thought this is an enjoyable like this isn't the experience that everyone's like, oh, this little bubble that you're in with, like, a new newborn baby bubble. And I never felt like it was this, like, nice bubble. I felt, I just, it was just the complete opposite of what I've seen people go through. Um, 
but yeah I remember just like thinking oh there's only half an hour left and I have to go down and get her again like I just felt it's I know it's brutal but I just just what I felt like um I was just so exhausted just mentally mentally not well at all um and I can never sleep during the day anyway even now horrendous so I never I never caught up on sleep during the day (laughs) so is there anything mirrored from your childhood and your mother or father's parenting that you think possibly could have like been something that you latched into or was it completely just the change Mm -hmm. of situation behavior yeah so I think when when I was a kid, my, my dad suffered with anxiety. So he obviously, because I think that triggers kids when you see your parents have it. Um, and I never got it till like further on in life. But it was before I had Bieber, I did like suffer really badly with anxiety. What was that for then? What, what was that pain um, So what triggered my anxiety was when I was 16, I went through um, an abusive relationship at the time and I went through court cases and everything at 16 yeah at 16 so um which was obviously horrendous I was going through my GCSEs at the time like horrendous um and that scenario um because it was it was awful um I won't get into depth about it but um I felt like when it was happening I felt like I was going to die so I feel like that that triggered me to start off having like panic attacks, anxiety, having a bit more health anxiety, think I want to die all the time. Um, so yeah, it started from that. But I feel like seeing my dad go through it and that triggered it off a little bit because I knew what it was. So you knew way. how to have a panic yeah, attack. Yeah, I knew how to have, I've seen my panic. dad have a panic attack. Because um, before then I was so like carefree, like didn't care. Like now from that day on, I've constantly, constantly suffered. Like I stopped doing things that I loved from that point on. And obviously with having Bieber, it just hit a whole new level of different anxiety for me. Um, Cause I felt like I was having anxiety myself, but then having anxiety for her as well, looking after her, um, making sure she's all right. If she was poorly, God, the amount of times I rang an ambulance when she was a newborn was, I remember when I thought she had, um, thrush in her mouth <laughs> I thought she was gonna die I was like my mum was with me I was like right we need to ring an ambulance now like she's not very well like there's something in her mouth I can see it and the ambulance came and like she's absolutely fine like we don't need to take her in she's absolutely perfect baby and like still then I would ring the ambulance ring one 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 like just constantly in and out of A&E all the time um because it's scary yeah like you have until the day you die, yeah. you have to think about another living being. Yeah. So for 18 years, mm-hmm. really, yeah. you have to make sure they stay alive. God, even then, it just makes me like... And then after that, it's a whole new... My parents and my husband's parents say, it's a whole new level of stress yeah. because you're not in control anymore. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's overwhelming as yeah. hell to be like, yeah. what is going... that. I kept thinking to myself when I, it was Fred, nobody's taking him away. Yeah. I, who's going to... When's my shift over? Uh-huh. <laughs> when am I not going to think about it? Like, we're sat here now. Yeah. We will have this conversation. Within this conversation, I would have thought, are the kids all right? Yeah. Are they having the lunch? Yeah. Have they, yeah. Like, 
we are always on standby yeah, constantly sort of phone yeah. call yeah so it is it's overwhelming and don't you feel well. like I, like i try and explain this to my partner because i don't feel like obviously they experience what we do um but i feel like i have a running checklist in my head every single day as soon as i wake up i'm like is there enough nappies is, is there a bag pack ready for nursery like does she need some calpol in there like just constant like right do you want to go to the shop do you want to get some more wipes have i got this and that in has you got enough food in have we got enough milk in the fridge like it's just that constant checklist and i feel like it's the mental load of life yeah just yeah goes and mad that's what you as well makes you so tired as like even if baby sleeps out and i get a full 12 hour sleep i'm still exhausted when i wake up because of that constant checklist running through my head so right isn't it mm-hmm but we're not used to that. Yeah. So that change from selfish, kiddie yeah. life, <laughs> free and breezy, yeah. to, oh, what is going on yeah. in there yeah. is just, it's just another level yeah. of madness. Yeah. I feel it definitely, like, makes you such a stronger person. I think that's when you start seeing your mum in you. Because, like, I can just be like oh my god is she warm enough like does she need a coat on like i remember my mum being like that when i was a kid like you need a coat on and i can just see myself being like that when baby gets older now yeah. and you start saying things what they said to you and you just yeah i never thought i would end up being like my mum but i'm like so morphing into it now it's you have more respect for them as well yeah 100 percent. because you know you love your parents yeah right? mm-hmm. i wrote about this in my journal the other week i know i love me mum and dad mm-hmm but I don't think I ever realised their type of love yeah. until I became a mum mm-hmm. and worked out what this love yeah. was. Uh-huh. Because the way I love Freddie, mm-hmm. I don't love my mum and dad or Dale or anybody. Yeah. Or how I love Eva. Like it's mm-hmm. all it's all relative to yeah. so they they love they love me the same way as I love them two yeah, humans, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you have that newfound respect for yeah, your parents, definitely. I think. I think it's definitely brought me and my mum closer as well. We were close anyway, but nowhere near as like close we are now. Like I never used to see her as much as I did and like God, I just remember like she used to come over in the newborn stage and she'd come and sleep over and do a night like and look after her whilst I had a, sl- a full night sleep in the spare room and I just remember I was saying, Thank you so much, Mum, like thank you so much and she was like, This is my job this is my job and I'm like I know like she's doing it for you as well though yeah Mm -hmm. like she would have known you were unwell yeah she's looking after her baby Mm -hmm. while I'm looking after mine Mm -hmm. yeah because I remember when I got out of hospital with Eva and I couldn't even wipe my own arse like I was like everything was just a mess (laughs) you have a newfound respect for your husband yeah (laughs) and he's putting your fanny pad on (laughs) Um, so the only person I wanted around was me man. Yeah. It was mad because yeah. she gets me to another level of gonna kill somebody, me mum, sometimes. She's yeah. a fruit loop. Yeah. But in that moment of being so unwell, mm-hmm. I needed her and yeah. only her. Yeah. At like 33 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like reliving that time when you were like 10, 12, and you'd be pulling all you wanted was your mum, no matter what. And I felt like when she left, my anxiety, she only lives the next street over. Yeah. When she left, my anxiety yeah. went through the roof. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was back on my sickness tablets because I just felt sick. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to have to come back. Like, come and move in. Move Pack in. your bags, get uh-huh. in. <laughs> but yeah. 
yeah it's it's a crazy like mm-hmm. a crazy situation to yeah be in, I think. yeah I think it's just that um you just need that support and I feel like you need it 24 7 as well because I've worked away god when I like the, the moment he left on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning whenever we went back oh god I just felt sick I literally I remember this is when I was on like peak like depression with her and I remember just as soon as he left packing my bags and just going to the first first house I knew who was in either my my dad and my stepmom's my mum's house or his mum's house just to go there and literally live there for the full week until he got home because I literally just could not not be on my own with her it was just it was just awful I literally felt like if I stay on my own here like I'm, I'm just gonna I'm, I felt like I could have killed myself if I wasn't with someone I needed that support like to just help with help me or if I felt like I was gonna have a panic attack like they could watch be before me whilst I was going through that panic attack because the thought of having that panic attack whilst I was on my own with her was scary because of how intense they were getting um but yeah horrible time in my life it's amazing that you had that support Mm -hmm. did you definitely reach out to any charities or um so I went through um what were they called I went through my doctors well actually no I self-diagnosed myself with um not self-diagnosed what's the word self-referred it's the one um to like a woman's support yeah like a women's support but like it was for when like you felt like suicidal it was like a suicidal line but suicidal helpline yeah it was like yeah i think it was that um and they put me forward and i got in straight away then so you rang yeah you rang that yeah number i rang that number yeah when you were alone with no so i was actually at my mum's at the time Mm -hmm. and it just got to the point now i was like this is this is ridiculous now like i literally i just i just felt like i was like i was i just wanted to die like I literally just did not not want to be here at all and I just remember going upstairs and ringing and I was like just please help me um I just I felt like I needed them to come out to me there and then and just literally help me because I just couldn't get this thought out of my head of not not wanting to be here anymore I was so so scared for myself of what I was going to do and I just kept thinking like I needed to be here for Bieber um, but I still had that selfishness where I just wanted to leave and I didn't, did not want to be here anymore. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it was scary. I felt, I felt stupid ringing them as well. I thought I'd, I'd never get to a point in my life where I would ring, like, a suicide line. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it was really, really hard. I'm just so grateful that I had my family and I had aunt's family there help me. And the fact both the women in the family had experienced postnatal depression because it was quite, quite hard to speak to my partner about it because obviously he didn't, he didn't get where I was coming from. Why I felt like that? Like, why would you feel like that? We've got this beautiful baby, like. She's the best thing ever. Why, like, why would you feel like you don't want to be here anymore? I remember just sat there at the table with him having our, our tea and stuff, and I'd just be sat looking out the window and just crying. He'd be like, why are you crying? I'm like, I just don't want to be here anymore. And it was just horrendous. I just, I, 
I feel like that whole newborn like stage of her first life just being taken away from me because of the way I felt and I can't ever get that back now but like it needs to be spoken about it needs to be normalized because I felt like there was something wrong with me and this wasn't normal I used to see other women on Instagram um going out for walks I didn't even want to leave the house I didn't want to get washed I didn't want to brush my teeth I just wanted to sit there and just sit and cry I'd wake up in my heart I'd just be literally like pounding out my chest like another day to go through this like it's just awful and I don't know how I got out of it do you know it just happens like I, I used to th- like even now I'm like how have I got to this point where I'm okay now do you know like it's just funny like there wasn't like a big aha moment yeah like there wasn't like a i woke up one morning and it just went and i was absolutely like buzzing again and just felt normal it just it was that gradual like obviously the help with the doctors getting on the antidepressants speaking about it therapists um yeah it, it, it wasn't just like a yeah i feel better now it was a gradual gradual thing and obviously getting to know Bieber more and getting to like getting to this point where I'm like right I know what I'm doing now like I'm in that mum mode now and I'm used to it um but I feel like you, I need to say to people like you, you will get there and I never thought I would never ever thought I would get out that hole um but you do you do get there in the end <laughs> I can't give you a yeah I can't <laughs> Oh, it's hard, man. It's so hard. But you know, I always find the talking part is the is the biggest part for for getting over any anxiety yeah. and depression. God, I, it was so hard for me to actually say them words to my partner. Like I didn't want to be anymore because I felt stupid mm-hmm. saying it, but I had to. Did you have any friends that you could open up to? Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. Okay. I even got to a, there was a time before, I've got two, well, three best friends, one lives in Dubai, but I've got two best friends at home, um, called Lucy and Holland, and I, will, I remember, like, arguing with them because I was, I was pushing them away, because they wanted to be there for me, but I was pushing them away, and I just, now I look back, I feel awful about it, and they'd, they'd come round on my doorstep and be like, no, we're not leaving, like, even though it's been so awful to them, they were still there. And I'd like just want to say like thank you to them because they literally like they've just walked away from being my friend and they never Yeah. Hey god, I never thought of this bad. <laughs> hey god, fight sort myself out. It's hard though. Hey, dear breath. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's meant incredible that you had that connection with them girls yeah do you think you didn't because I felt like uh, one of my friends said the other day well I thought I thought you were more mental when you had Freddie (laughs) than when you had Eva (laughs) but I felt like there's still a lot that people don't know what I thought about with Eva yeah and I was embarrassed that I was having Uh these thoughts yeah and because she was literally incredible yeah it was like embarrassment that yeah. I was how having dare you think like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly how I felt. So it, it, it's normalising that whatever feelings you have, yeah. 
and I, I would say them to Dale because I was I would I said if if I don't get this out of my head it's going to go on a repeat mm-hmm. circle yeah. until it pops and I don't know where the pop is yeah. or what happens in the pop so I'm just going to say all of my thoughts yeah. I want no judgment yeah and you sort of just want to talk don't you and mm-hmm. just don't not say anything to me I just want to rant to you mm-hmm. like it's that you don't want someone to comment on it you just literally want to tell them how you feel and get out your chest mm-hmm. yeah so it's finding that support network isn't yeah. it yeah uh-huh. uh-huh. I do think it is it is hard for men to understand it really is like at that time I used to like I used to feel angry towards my partner like because he didn't understand but now I look back I think it's hard for someone to understand who's not been through it because I used to think when I used to see people like going through suicidal thoughts or seeing people kill themselves I used to think Jesus like I could never be like that I don't get how you can be you like had that. all of this to live yeah for. like so judgmental yeah. like you've got like you know you've got oh god he's got three kids he's just killed himself like how could you feel like that and that's exactly how you probably would be thinking like we've just had this beautiful little girl and you're saying you don't want to be here anymore like how can you think like that so it's hard for him to get that balance I think to be there for me and understand but also thinking I don't understand how we, why you're feeling like that yeah so it, it was hard it was hard is there anything pre-motherhood mm-hmm. that you just look back and think oh my god what an absolute idiot that I thought I wouldn't do that yeah um, I think it's the whole, um, I used to look at other women with the kids and be sat there thinking, if you're just sat on your phone and your child sat there like playing, like you're missing all that time with her, and oh my god, I spent my whole day just sat there on the sofa with her and just being like on my phone doing stuff and like... I think you it's different because you're working yeah and well I'm working like mm-hmm. my job is my phone like mm-hmm. my job's Instagram like my how I developed my clientele was through Instagram like all my like I don't think people realise this but when you you'll know obviously you're everything you're the accountant you're the you're the administrator you're the receptionist you're the market marketing like everything so my life is like constantly on my phone but I always used to say I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put my child in front of the telly. Like, God, she sat watching Coco Melon like seven hours of the day now. Like, and I literally couldn't give a shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's probably one of the things I used to think I will never do that. But yeah, definitely, definitely do. It's that like um, when you go, they'll never have an iPad. They'll never watch yeah, the telly. Yeah. But it's that that like 10 minutes of a cup of yeah. tea without it's survival Kayleigh that's, that's what it. it is it is survival <laughs> getting through that day <laughs> oh god even at that time when it's like it gets to four o'clock and you're right right it's go time now it's tea it's bath it's bottle it's bed like it's the the rush hour bit yeah. of the day isn't it mm-hmm. it's getting to that day getting through to that point of the day where it's like right I'm gonna chill out at half seven and have a glass of wine Oh, or a perfect. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what was your childhood like then? As your parent? So I grew up on um, council estate. My mum and dad didn't have money, um, but I would say it was quite well. What I think is normal, a normal childhood. Um, my mum and dad were together, and they got divorced when I was about. 
13 no I wasn't 13 it was just after I went through all the court case so it was 16 yeah so obviously that was that was happening um with my mum and dad and but yeah I had a quite normal childhood we didn't have much um to be honest I went to a school where a lot of my friends had everything and I was always the one who didn't have a lot but I feel like it's it's made me the person who I am now and I feel like I feel like a lot of people probably on Instagram think oh she's probably got a rich mum and dad she's got this and that or like don't get me wrong now like I drive a little Nissan Nissan Duke my little mum my little mum car but I always used to have like a Mercedes or a nice car I used to think bet people think like oh my dad's probably giving me that my mum and dad have had nothing like I've literally I worked from when I was 16 like I was on £3.64 now I'm working in Discount UK like I've always worked um did yes, you get that work mom. ethic from your mum and dad then um yes my, well my mum was a mum stayed at home um there was three of us so she was a stay-at-home mum. but my dad like my dad's always worked like he still does now he's like he's 58 year old and he's still grafting every single day of his life bless him um with his bad back and his his bloody ankles and stuff but yeah I definitely think like me not having much has made me strive to do more um for myself and like starting my own business and working for myself um and just making as like much money as I can obviously now I've got Bieber and that pushes you even more. What is your biggest fear for Bieber growing up? Um biggest fear would be um getting bullied mm. I feel like the world like we live in now especially like social media and stuff I would hate for her to feel like she needed to change to fit in with people especially at school and stuff like she's going to be living at home until she's at least 30 year old <laughs> um but it's because I think like the world like the world we live in now like you see so much shit going on like especially with kids and like bloody people taking kids from school and stuff and kidnap like honestly like the thought of it that's that that's what gives me the biggest fear so freddie started school just september <gasps> and honestly i didn't think this would be my issue mm-hmm. but i just want him to make friends yeah mm-hmm. and i think it's because he's been at nurseries such a he was a baby when he Mm. went into nursery Mm -hmm. and he's had the same group of friends since there was like a big group of them that were all babies and they all went to preschool together so for four years but then freddie has gone to a school that's nowhere near this this nursery so he's only got one friend from nursery and i'm like have you made friends have you spoke to somebody and i'm like i mentioned (laughs) it to his teacher yesterday and she was like he's absolutely fine he's playing with everybody like he's so loved in that oh that's just what you want to hear that isn't it that is and it's to me getting the grades and you know working your ass off to get your GCSEs or whatever Mm. isn't really important the important thing is building a well-grounded rounded human that can Uh can be confident in a room Mm -hmm. and and being kind and nice 100% and have friends mm-hmm. that can support him in that Definitely. and there's no way I'll even be worrying about that with Eva because she's yeah. a little socialite already <laughs> it's mad oh, that bit, just... that, that'll literally be me I don't even know why I'm worrying because she doesn't she literally doesn't shut up even though all of her words are like 
mumble jumble. Double <laughs> But yeah, but she literally does not shut up. So God knows what she's going to be like. She always sings as well. I was thinking she's going to be a singer. <laughs> she's just constantly like, it sounds like she's in tune when she's like, she's shouting, but it's like as if she's singing. Yeah. So strange. And like my partner plays the piano um, and I play the guitar. So he's like, she loves being on the piano. Like my dad was playing the guitar today the other week and she was just like strumming it. And like, it's like she knew what she was doing. I was like, she's just going to be the next Miley Cyrus. So your dad plays guitar as well? Yeah, so my, my dad's um my dad taught me how to play the guitar when I was about ten. Um and Ant's played like piano since he was young as well. He's amazing at it. Little von Trapp family. Yeah, we've got like a little studio in our house. Yeah, he's got like this gorgeous like piano and my guitars are in there and stuff, so she'll definitely be um definitely be doing lessons and stuff when she gets a bit older. That's amazing. I know that. So that, like, I bet you get so much joy out of that. Did you, did music pull you through, helping you with any of your postnatal? God, um, not really, because I, I did, well, I have stopped, like, playing it a lot, to be honest. I used to play it loads when I lived at home. Um, But music in general, like, listening to music did help me. Like, I had them certain, like, certain songs where I'd have to listen to them and it made me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um singing as well gets me through my anxiety like I always feel like when I've got anxiety in the car like if I just blast the radio and I'm singing my heart it makes me forget about everything um so yeah music's definitely I could literally couldn't live without music so does Bieber have any comforters does she have a doody does she have a blanket but does yeah, she have so anything she, she has a dummy that was literally like a godsend <laughs> from day dot um but she has a really really like strange comfort so she's obsessed with um ears and oh my god it's just hilarious like people always think oh she must be tired just playing with her ears and I'm like no she will play with your ear all day long like all day long me and Anthony literally sat on the sofa and she'll have one hand on his ear and one hand on mine and um I've actually had to buy like a silicone ear of Amazon that's like feels exactly like a human ear I think it's for like people to like operate on you know like to when they're practicing like medical skills I think um because she just ha- it has to feel like an actual human ear so I want to get another one I want to get a teddy or a doll and literally super glue them on each side <laughs> if it is the doll or the the bunny or whatever just so like she will sleep in her cot all the way through the night because once she's in my bed she will literally follow me around the whole route. Like, even when she's, like, half asleep, she'll follow me around the full bed just to get to my ear. Isn't that, that mad? Yeah. Like, it's so... I'm not... I know, like, babies touch their ears and that when they're, like, when they're tired and stuff, but she is literally, like, ear-obsessed. If, she, if she's asleep in the, in the bed, right, and I get in the bed, she will be fast asleep, but she'll just feel that... Like, she'll feel that I'm there... And she'll literally. I wish I could have a video now just to show you. You're gonna have to. Record but literally, it. she'll like just get a hand and like she'll just like trickle it along your like along your arm up your arm just to find your ear while she's asleep. That is so cute. Honestly, it's hilarious. But a little bit creepy. So it is creepy. Like then she's just started a new nursery now, and I've like wrote it down in the application form. They're like, "What's her comfort?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You cannot demand that a childcare um, professional." How does she like to, to sleep? How does she like to do this? Like, what makes her stop crying and like just let her touch you here? <laughs> yeah. She's already been doing it. Honestly, like they've been saying, like she's yeah, she just sits there and like plays with me, and I'm like, she is such a needy baby, but I love it. 
end of sure sure tradition so you're going to pull out your parent and tip yep. you'll read it and okay. you'll give your opinion yeah please right okay, i need to swirl it a little swirly bit. whirly <laughs> don't say be careful dot 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 use encouragement instead things like hold on tight are your feet slipping hmm it's a bit confusing <laughs> so it's like if if Eva was walking upstairs, yeah. I'd be like, be careful. Yeah, okay, She doesn't right. know what careful is. Yeah, okay. Whereas if you give it an example of, are, are the stairs slippy? Are you yeah. holding on to that rail? Yeah. And uh-huh. give instructions. Yeah. Because um, I know who's put that one in. Right. And once you explain it like that, you go, oh, I don't do that. I need to start doing that. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a good... It's, I think it's to stop them getting so much fear if that makes sense um so i definitely definitely agree with that like changing new words how to say it so they don't like because i'm i'm scared of everything i don't go on rides i don't do anything like that anything that's like puts me in danger i think that's a lot of my anxiety though i stop where i don't want Bieber to be like that mm-hmm. so i feel like that's the best tip ever for me because i want her to be fearless i want her to be like more like a dad yeah and want to go and do things and not be scared so i feel like putting them putting different words instead of like like saying be careful Mm. or don't do that and this will happen like just make it different so just giving instructions yeah giving instructions instead of being like oh don't do that or like type of thing so i'm still i stole that one I'm nicking that. Are you nicking that <laughs> yeah, I'm one? I'm definitely nicking that one. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Amazing. Well, Miss Meg, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for it's being so, so open and honest. <laughs> because there's a lot of times we we just we just put it mm-hmm. to the back because it's it's easier to deal with yeah. than speaking about mm-hmm. it. So no, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And that's it. All done. If you'd like to share your own crazy stories on parenting, please follow me on Instagram and send me your journal entries at Mama Social Co. And I promise to keep them anonymous if you want me to. Also, remember to hit follow, subscribe, share. And if you want to leave me a little review, I'd really appreciate your feedback. So that's it. Have a great day and see you soon.